Good to see you all. Glad you're all here. Before I get going, I want to say thank you for all the compliments in the suit today. That looks great. But I, I think it's time to go ahead and just go ahead and take that off. So we're going to... Thank you. It's as far as I'm going. <clears throat> There's a point to wearing the suit today. Simply an illustration to show that no matter how perfect my suit looked, no matter how good I looked on the outside, it was only covering what I knew what was on the inside. It only covered up the things that I knew that was hiding that you didn't know. And I had stains all over this shirt. Hey. That's part of the illustration. Only God can fix me, okay? Not, not, not can't. That's funny. Well, it's good. Okay, well, I might just have to flip that back up. No, I won't. We're imperfect people. We have flaws. We have mistakes. We're not put together no matter how much we try and pretend that we've got everything put together. This goes for everybody. Every single one of us have flaws. We have blemishes. We have spots. And we do a pretty good job of covering them up. I mean, we have everything in place. We can have the, the nicest lawn. We have the nicest car. We can have the fattest bank account. But on the inside, we could still be carrying the deepest, darkest pains, hurts, hidden shame, guilt that we're carrying down. It's all the ugly stuff. But on the outside, we, we, put our, we put on our face so we can meet the day and meet people with a smile. But deep down inside, we're not fooling ourselves as much as we are fooling everybody else and make everybody else believe that we, we have got to put it together. We know. We know the real truth that we're just messed up. And those of us who are saying amen to yes, we're messed up, realize that there's a greater truth than just living in the mess. Even though you didn't know it was there, I knew this was there all along. All the compliments were great. All the, hey, we got a guest speaker today was great. <laughs> we didn't recognize you. You're all dressed up. That's right. Thank you. It feels good. I, I Deep down, I knew what was hiding. All of us have flaws. We do a really good job. We do a really good job at protecting our embarrassing moments in life. We do a really good job at hiding our shame. We do a really good job of protecting who we really are and projecting what we really want people to see. And it's gotten worse with social media and our phones. Right? I mean, I'm not here to blast on social media because I think it would be a good thing, but it can also be a dangerous thing because we begin to live something, portray something that we're not, which is all about covering up and putting on that suit and tie for everybody else to see. But on the inside, you might be uh, dying. That vacation that you posted, the wonderful pictures, everything, perfect family, on the inside, you're dying. You know the real truth. All of us are messed up people. 
You know, even our phones, right? I mean, we're, we're imperfect. Our phones are imperfect. We can't even get that right. How many of you could say amen to the dumb autocorrect, right? I mean, you try and get a perfect sentence out and it comes out worse, right? How many of you know that autocorrect is your worst enema, right? <clears throat> no matter how much we try and be perfect, it's, we still get messed up. And this happened from the very first person that lived on the planet Earth, Adam. I love that God's word doesn't leave out the flaws because we're flawed people. And I, I find comfort and encouragement knowing that Peter was messed up, just like me. He made mistakes. I find encouragement that people of the Bible had mistakes and made big mistakes because at least I know that if God can use them, they can use us. And it's no different with Adam. Adam, he, well, he just simply couldn't resist peer pressure. Right? Eve, well, she's second there, and, and she couldn't um, she couldn't control her appetite. <laughs> Abraham, we're getting serious now. Forefather of faith, let other men walk off with his wife on two different occasions. Joseph, he was abused. Lot had a serious problem with discerning good company. Moses was the humblest man on the planet, yet he was known for throwing temper tantrums. Samson was a womanizer. Saul had irrational bursts of mistrust, suspicion, and irrational episodes, fits of anger. Rahab was simply just a prostitute, and David was a murderer, and Jonah intentionally ran away from God. Peter was afraid to be associated with just the name of Jesus, and all of the disciples, well, they fell asleep while they were praying. Paul killed Christians in the name of God, much like an ISIS member. And the list goes on and on and on. And we're just flawed, messed up people. And the Bible records this. Why? Because he, he wants us to know that there is a hope. There was something more to our lives than just living a cover-up life. Covering up our messes. Covering up our mistakes. Covering up our past. Our regrets. Our failures. The things that we're embarrassed of. The things that we're ashamed of. But there's got to be more to life than just putting on the suit jacket and the tie. And presenting ourselves differently than who we really are to everybody else. So what? Should we just throw up our hands, conceding that the human race is just on a train headed towards a broken out bridge, destined to just crash and burn with all of our faults and all of our mistakes and nothing, nobody can do anything about it and that's just it? Of course not. There's got to be more than just living with our mistakes. And too many people make the foolish assumption or the statements that mistakes that I've that that I've made in the past are what has made me today as a positive thing. They say things like, I wouldn't be who I am today without my past, as in regarding all the brokenness in their past. You see, there's more to healing your heart, more to healing your soul than just identifying that there's past mistakes or there's past hurts or past uh, embarrassments or guilt or shame. Things that are hidden in your past, just recognizing them is not enough. Because if you just recognize it, it's not meaning that you have overcome it. It just means that you identify it. And just because you've learned to deal with it doesn't mean that your life is better now because of identifying with it. The mistakes that are in our past has caused us to be unhealthy today. And unhealthy you today 
if we are only identifying it, if we are only recognizing it, and it stops there. I'm here to speak to you, speak to your hearts, plead to your hearts that God wants you to go way, way further than just identifying the spots and the blemishes. Way further. He wants you to go farther than you can ever go by yourself. Finding the relief from the pain and the hurt. He sees your pain. He sees your hurt. He sees your desire to find yourself again. Too many people are just lost. They don't even know how they got to this point emotionally, mentally, just consumed by who they're not anymore. Don't even know their identity. Don't even know what they stand on with their beliefs or their convictions. They don't even have that strength. They don't feel confident. They don't feel like they can stand on their own two feet. They just don't know who they are. The decisions in their past, the people, the relationships who have hurt them or who they have hurt or we have hurt. It has all come into this culmination of I'm just not sure who I am. Because of our brokenness. But the beautiful news of Jesus, the gospel, the good news is that God has made himself available for us. Available for us to take away that guilt and that shame. To take away the humiliation from our past. I want to go just a little bit step, a little step further. God's greatest joy. God's greatest joy is to see our lives take on a new meaning. For your life to take on a new meaning, a new identity, a new you, a new beginning, come upon a new name, giving you a new name, a name that's written down in glory, a name that is carried through the entrance of the gates of heaven through the name of Jesus. God's greatest joy is to see our lives take on a new strength, a new joy, a new confidence. In the entire Bible, the written word of God is all about restoring broken, shattered things in our life and making them new. This is what the Old Testament, yes, the Old Testament and the New Testament is, is uh, referencing, is God's goodness and His complete restoration work in your life. God is about you regaining your life again. Living as you're meant to live your life with freedom. No longer to hide in the slavery of covering yourself up. Living with freedom. And that has been God's plan all along is for us to live in His freedom. From the Israelites in captivity in Egypt to set them free to the Gentiles who were imprisoned by their reputation of what everybody thought of the Gentiles so far from God. To the Jews who had chained themselves to the law of Moses and their self-righteous attitude. From the beginning of creation, God's plan was to set people free and to deliver us from this messy life that every single one of us share. We are messed up. We are flawed. And we have, we, uh, we have things that we are embarrassed to talk about. And if I was to do this illustration appropriately, and if I was to put all these blemishes in my life all over this, all of the wrong things that I had done, all the sin, this you would not be able to see a white spot anywhere on this shirt. I am a flawed, messed up human being. And I feel like I'm the worst. But thankfully, I don't live there anymore, Right? If I was to hold on to the sins and hold on to my past, just simply identifying it would carry through. But because Jesus has come and I have allowed him to come into my life, 
there is a new meaning, new identity. I do not have an identity of all my past failures and mistakes. There is something new. Jesus comes in and washes away every blemish and every mark. Every, every failure, every mistake is on his shoulders. And we get to live a life that is written with Jesus' name. So how do we overcome the mess that's in our lives? Already hinted towards that, but number one, there's three steps, and this is this is as relevant for the seasoned Christian as it is to somebody who just walked in here for the very first time in church, not really sure what's going on. We want our lives put together. We want to have new meaning. We want to have new identity and confidence and strength. First, we have to admit that we're humans, and humans are messy. Let's just, that's where we start. We've already began there. That's just where we're at. And some of us make mistakes. Some of us make big mistakes. How many made a big mistake before in your past, right? I'm just, I'm just going to assume that everybody's made a big mistake because we have. The first time I made a really major mistake in my life, like a big one was, well, one I can really kind of identify with, was when I found myself in the, black, the back of a police car handcuffed at the age of 15. After stealing a car and picking up my friends to go for a joyride and smashing it into a tree. I know you're going to kick me off the stage now, aren't you? I can see it. Yeah. Oh, man. Get, he is right. He's got a lot of mistakes. Get him out of there. Make matters worse. It was my parents' car who I had stolen because they were out of town for the weekend. And this was the first time leaving their son. Hey, we can trust you to be home alone. We're going to be gone for overnight. You've got the house, right? I'm good, Dad. Just leave the keys. I'll be good. No driver's license. I go take their van. I pick up my friends and smash it into a, a tree. Totally. I mean, thank goodness we all had our seatbelts on. One of my friends was, he was, um, they, they ran. They took off. And they, one, one, one guy had bruised his kidney so bad he was peeing blood. Um, it was very, very bad. I had a big gash on my head. And I was, uh, after the ambulance came, I was sitting in the back of the police car. And my two brothers, older brothers, they were firefighters. And at that time, they were volunteering for the Kaysville Fire Department. They had been called to the scene. They see my parents' minivan smashed. They see me sitting in the back of the cop car. They look at each other, come over to the window, and they say, oh, dude, you are so busted. <laughs> it's the only comfort my brothers could give me, right? <laughs> they take me down to the police station. And you know that feeling of just busted? You know you're wrong. You know, you just, you just, it doesn't matter. It's just everything, you know, right? There's no getting out of it. It's just, I've made a big, big mistake. So they take me to the police station, and he, they start get asking questions. And I'm telling them everything. You know, like Chunk off of the Goonies, how he's just like confessing everything, all the problems, everything he did wrong. This was me. I didn't care. I wanted to get everything off my chest. It was like a confessional time. And, what, and, and, and literally, the guy said, well, you don't have to talk about that. It's like, no, I want to just get it out. You know, it's, <laughs> it was the most freeing and liberating experience because I knew I was busted. I had made a mistake. And I was just ready for all the garbage to just come out. When we admit that we've messed up, there is freedom in that, not bondage. There is liberation in confessing that we just are messed up and we don't have it together. The more that we pretend like we've got it together, the longer we're going to stay in that bondage. 
Because God is a God of truth, and if we are only wanting to hide the truth of what we know in ourselves and not confess that over to God, the more that we are going to stay in captivity of our own cover-ups. Living a life of pretend. Nobody wants to live a life of pretend. Nobody wants to pretend like there's somebody that they're not. All of us deep down inside, we know what we are. We know what we want to be. We want other people to know us, even though we might be a little bit afraid of letting that out. Deep down inside, we want somebody to know. God's here to just say, I already know. And I love you already. Anyways, your past, your mistakes, those things that you feel guilty of and you don't want to let anybody in on it, I already know. My love is just here for you. It's the moment that we realize that we can just go ahead and shed off the layers, let God in, and say, God, here I am. This is who I am. I'm trying to butter it up. Just lay all the cards down. and Say, God, what can you do with this? Freedom comes from just recognizing that we have problems. We have pain. We have issues. And that it's okay if you're flawed. If you came in here, you're flawed. You've been a Christian for a long time. You're still flawed, right? That's why we... Don't rely on the grace of Jesus, the grace of God, one time. It's a daily thing that we surrender to Him and surrender to the grace that God has provided for us on a daily basis. And God, I just need you again. And every morning, His mercies are new. Thank you, Lord. We're okay when we express our flaws to be a little bit messy. Know that you're not the only one. And I love how Paul put it. He said, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. For all have sinned. We talk about sin. That's missing the mark. That's doing things that we know that we shouldn't do. I mean, let's just put it simply and, and plainly. We're fighting against God's nature. Everything that's good, everything that's noble, everything that's praiseworthy, everything that has good, a good report. We are fighting against that. Sin fights against that. The things that we know that we should be doing that we're not doing, that's sin. James 4, so whoever knows the right thing and, and to do and fails to do it for him, that's sin. That's a simple way of putting it. For all have sinned. We're in the boat together. Inside these walls and outside those walls. Can we just say that inside the church? We identify with the destructiveness of sin. And we're all guilty of it. So what now? We realize we're not perfect. We realize nobody is perfect. Okay, so what do we do? The second thing we need to do is we need to recognize that God has the greatest power to change our life. God has the greatest power to change your life. I'm going to say it again. God has the greatest power to change 
your life. I'm going to say it one more time because this is the most powerful principle you could ever learn and know on the face of the earth, on the, on the existence of the rest of your lifetime. This is what is most important to you is that God has the power to change your life. When it comes to healing the human spirit, the emotional health, the mental health, our spiritual health, it is only God who has the power to truly heal it. You see, Tony Robbins has nothing on the healing power of Jesus. Because we're not talking about just good teaching or good advice from a great teacher. We are talking about God himself taking your soul into his arms and in his hands, into his control and releasing those things. That burden is what we call it from your life. Those things that you hold on to, that guilt, and that shame, that past, that mistakes, all the garbage is stained. Only he can take that away from us in a spiritual way. We're talking about a spiritual encounter. Not something that we can find in a classroom. Not something that we can find in the operating room. There is something inside the human heart that we call the soul. That Jesus can instantly transform and change. On a moment's notice, when we utter the name of Jesus, there is power that goes right into your heart, into your mind, and begins to change and transform you like you have never experienced before. And those of you who have experienced can shout a yes and amen to that. Because you know it. And people know it in you. And we experience it. See, this is not something that we just say. This is not something we just do. This is not something that we just read about. This is something that we experience and we live. And we get to live in a freedom because Jesus Christ has truly made himself available and is obliterated and obliterating the stains in our life. The things, the shackles, the chains, he has set us free. And whoever Jesus sets free is what? Free indeed. That is a free, you're free. Don't hold on to the gate on the way out of that prison cell. You go ahead and walk in that freedom. But we have to recognize that God has the greatest power to heal the human spirit. As much as the horoscope can tell you who to stay away from in your relationships, Jesus will tell you and draw you into a closer relationship with God. No matter what the psychic may tell you about the future, in your future, it is only God who can bring hope into your future. There is something different that Jesus brings into your heart, into your soul, that the world cannot offer, although many times it tries to replicate or duplicate, but it can never do what God can do. No person, nothing else on this earth has the power to heal your soul. I love this verse because the power of God is peace. And there is a prince of peace and his name is Jesus. And the spirit of God is the Holy Spirit inside of us. When we invite Jesus into our life, we're inviting to follow after him. It is the Holy Spirit that comes in and helps us to be able to follow after God. It gives us the ability. And it is the Father who welcomes us into the presence of of God for eternity. They are three working in one. The peace of God himself. Second Thessalonians. Now may the Lord himself. The Lord of peace. How many of us need peace? I love how this is put. Pour into you. His, his peace. In every circumstance. 
and in every possible way. The Lord's tangible presence be with you all. God loves to heal what is broken. Psalm 147, He heals the wounds of every shattered heart. He heals the wounds of your shattered heart. Those things that cut you. The things that make you feel like you're bleeding. Those things that feel like they are irreparable. Those things that inside you just seem to hurt more and more. And the more you think about it, the more they hurt. So you've stopped thinking about that years ago. But it's deep down inside. Those things that you have tried to cover up by not thinking about it. God wants to bring that into His light. Because He brings it into His light. And that darkness will fade away. And all of a sudden, His light of love will heal your heart. And cause you to be a new person. Somebody who deep down inside is no longer holding on to the pain of the past. Will give you a place in His presence. And in His presence, there is comfort, there is relief, there is joy. God's priority is to take the person who is just simply out of options, who has given up, who is too broken to cope with life anymore. It's just too hard to whirl out of bed anymore. That person who is just struggling to get ready for the day. God loves to bring that person and heal them. By the mention of Jesus' name. To give you rest. Where there is fracture, that is where He loves to mend and make whole. Where there is pain, He loves to take that away completely. And He will lavish His love on your wounds where you've been hurt. He will shower you with new beginnings. He will take your disappointments and provide you and prove to you His complete joy. Nothing can heal your heart like the Spirit of God. How do we overcome the mess? Flawed individuals, people who are broken and hurting. How do we have a life that is repaired and whole, full of confidence and strength and live in the identity that we know we want to? Plain and simply, we've got to give our brokenness, give our, our pain, Giving our lives, that's what that means to God. I love the gospel. It's so complex for anybody that is a scholar to continue to learn more and never have enough to be able to learn as much as they can about God. But it's, it's obtainable. That my son at six years old was able to receive the understanding of who God is in God's love and care for him and invite Jesus into his life. And maybe we've made it just too complicated for us and because it seems too easy that we just simply identify who we are and we identify who God is and we come to him in faith. It just seems too easy. I'm too messed up, God. You don't understand. I got to do something to make me feel like I've done something to earn this. You can't just take it. You can't just have it. It's too easy. But maybe that's exactly what God has done through Jesus. He's made himself available for you to simply just call upon him. And at that moment, he gives you a gift. 
It is not something that is earned. It is not something that you have to buy. It is not something that you have to pay penance. It's not something that you have to do to earn it. The only thing that we do is come to him with faith, with believing that God can do what he says that he can do. All we need to do is give it over to God. That, the problem, the, 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 the hurt, the pain, we give that. Lord, you see this situation. You see what has hurt me. You see the shame. You see the embarrassment. You see what I have done to others because that can be sometimes harder. Lord, you know what I've done. You know what a person I used to be. And that's carried along with you for so long. It just seems too easy, but that's what God's gift is to you. It's his gift to you. And that's why it's the most freeing, best gift you can have. Is because the shoulders that you have been carrying upon, your shoulders, are just simply not strong enough or big enough. And when Jesus died on the cross, his arms were stretched out wide. And he has got a broad uh, stretch, broad shoulders to be able to carry any weight that you have. Place the responsibility, take it off of your back, and put it on Jesus. That's the gift. And it's all through Jesus who gives us salvation. Salvation is a very, very important word. We get to receive a new life, a new identity, a new home, a new joy and a new comfort. Through Jesus. And he freely just takes it willingly and enjoys taking that burden off of your shoulders. Acts chapter 4. There is no one else who has the power to save us. For there is only one name to whom God has given the authority. Only one. By which we must experience salvation. And that name is Jesus. The name of Jesus. There's only one name. The name of Jesus. And he's speaking to you softly. He's never going to shout at you. He is making himself available to you and saying, my name carries power and authority in your life. We are all in need of grace. We're all in need of rest. We're all in need of his forgiveness. No one is perfect. No one is without flaws. But God has the power to take what we give him and make that his, and it's no longer ours. We re- and he removes the stains. First John, but if we freely admit our sins, that's the first step. We freely admit our sins when his light uncovers them. He will be faithful to forgive us every time. God is faithful to forgive you every time. God is just to forgive us of our sins because of Christ. And He will continue to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's a free gift. And it's by grace that you've been saved through faith. And this is certainly not of your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not as a result of any works so that anyone may boast. This is a gift that is offered to every single person. 
to heal and to restore lives. To build you, to strengthen you, to encourage you, to give you a hope that you have never experienced before in your life. I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward. We're going to sing a song together. We're going to close with a song. I want us to stand together. I want to close with a couple questions. Jesus willingly gave his life as a gift for you so that you could just live free from the pain and the heartache that you've been carrying and the burden and the weight. Just be lifted off your shoulders so you can find that confidence in you. And you can have confidence, not of what you've done, but everything that God has done. And so you can say, man, I, 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 I'm the most messed up person that I know. <laughs> but God has freed me from all that. And I don't have to live there anymore. My hope is in the future, not in the past. And I have something to look forward to. And Jesus is calling me forward. Do you have things in your life that you've hidden away from others and only you know? I want to, let me just talk to you. I believe that there are things that are in our lives that we've been carrying around. And perhaps you've been a Christian for a long time and you've asked God to take this away, but you still are kind of holding on to that. I'm speaking to you too. Speaking for those who just need to rest it on Jesus' shoulders. For the first time, you just say, I'm, I'm ready to just live this new life. I've tried everything on my own. It just doesn't work. I just need God to do something in my life. I'm ready. I've done it on my own for too long. I'm tired of putting on the suit and tie every morning for everybody to see. This is for those just need the grace of God again. I mean, really just God speaking right to you. You nailed it on the cross. Leave it there. Jesus, he left those sins on the cross. They, they're dead there. Jesus rose again and gave life. And his, your life is identified with his resurrection. It's a new life that you have. Leave those things that are in the past on the cross hanging there. First, I'm going to ask if you've never experienced the weight off of your shoulders that you've been carrying and you just need to say, God, you need to cry out to Jesus. You just, Jesus, help me. It's a simple prayer as that. If you need to say that, I'm going to pray that prayer with you and over you. Just raise your hand. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Yes, hold that hand up because I want somebody to just be there with you. We're in this together. So if that's somebody that you see in front of you, just place your hand on their shoulder if you will. Listen, it's okay. Now, we're going to pray over you. Do we have everybody have a hand on their shoulder? You can put your hand down if, if, 
if you have somebody agreeing with you. If you don't have somebody agreeing with you, put your hand up. We're going to pray together as we release our lives over to Jesus. Amen? Over here, right there. It's going to be a simple prayer, and it's a prayer of faith. This prayer is for you. I want you to start it out repeating after me. You ready? Jesus, help me. Rescue me. Heal me. Do your work to provide your joy, your peace, and your healing in my heart, in my mind, and in my soul so that I can live with strength and power. In Jesus' name, I will live for you. Amen. I want to pray for those. One second, hang tight. Pray for those who you're, you've been a follow, you've been you've been a Christian for a long time. You've got some struggles right now. You just need to put it on the cross. You just need to you need to, you need to let God handle it. If this is you. Raise your hand. Yep. Go ahead. Yes. You go. Okay. We're just going to in faith give it over to Jesus. We just give our lives over to Jesus. It's the only name, right? We just read that. The only name that has the authority, the only name that has power. We are just speaking the name of authority. And it's not by your name or my name or anybody else's name. It's not the church's name. It's Jesus' name. So we're going to pray for Jesus' authority and power to come into your life and to be able to do what you can't do, what you've been trying to hang up on the cross, trying to get rid of. God is going to take that burden from your shoulders right now. Let's pray. Jesus, take away the pain. Take the burden. Take my life. Jesus, I leave it at your feet. I welcome your forgiveness, your grace, and the power of your Holy Spirit to transform my life. And give me victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing this song, It Is Well With My Soul. We've just prayed the power of Jesus over our lives. We've just done a very biblical thing. We've spoken it, we've confessed it, we recognize our sin. And God comes in and he floods our soul. And so no matter what happens in our life, no matter what happens in this week, it's going to be okay. It's going to be good. It's going to be well with your soul because you have Jesus right there with you every step of the way. It is well with your soul.